0: God, let's go ahead and take up our Bibles. It, I believe, the word will be on the screen. It's just a blessing to always be in the house of the Lord. I want to give two shots, shout outs to two mothers really quick before I get started. First, my own mother in law, who is, I swear, the best mother in law on the planet. Miss Angela, can you raise your hand? (laughs) Yeah. For those of you who don't know, that's Pastor Keith's mom, and she was here, and let me tell you how sweet she is. She was helping us do laundry this morning before service. Thank God for the mothers And I also want to give a shout out to Andre's mother. Can you raise your hand? She's in town. Amen. That's a blessing to have mothers in the earth, and we should always give them their flowers while they're still living. Amen. Let's go to the word of God. We're going to be picking up on this story about a group of sisters and we're going to come from numbers chapter 26 we're going to be reading verses 1 through 8 and we're coming from the new living translation here begins the reading of God's holy word one day a petition was presented by the daughters of Zelophehad, Mala, Noah, Hagla, Mikla, Tizra the, father, the fa- their father Zelophehad, was a descendant of Hefner son of Gilead son of Makir, son of Manasseh son of Joseph and these women stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle. Our father, this is the girl speaking, died in the wilderness, they said. He was not among Korah's followers who rebelled against the Lord. He died because of his own sin, but he had no sons. Why should the name of our father disappear from his clan just because he had no sons? Give us property along with the rest of our relatives so moses brought their case before the lord and the lord replied to moses the claim of the daughters of Zelophehad is legitimate you must give them a grant of land along with their father's relatives assign them the property that would have been given to their father and give the following instructions to the people of israel if a man dies and has no son then give his inheritance to his daughters amen you may have your seats Alright, y'all, so I'm back up here again. That's <laughs> good. Mother Bear said that's good. So, you know, all week or all month rather, we have been teaching on um, it's been women's month. So we've been um, curating sermons that are um, bent towards the needs of women. And so Pastor Keith and I have been tag teaming, and he came in the room. A few weeks ago when he was like, I want you to do the last message and I want you to do it on sisterhood. And we both started laughing because it's a running joke in the bab household that I'm not sisterly. Most of you know, um, I'm a part of a sorority alpha, Kappa alpha sorority incorporated and Keith loves to joke at me. He'll say, do y'all have any sister relations activities going on that you're avoiding? Like he, he knows I serve. He knows I love the sorority. Um, he's cutting his eyes at me now. But he accuses me constantly of not being sisterly. But I want to say this publicly. I am very sisterly. Right, Sor Jackie? I am very sisterly and I am an advocate for true sisterhood. But what Pastor Keith sees because he lives with me is he sees this hesitation when it comes to connecting with sisters and women. He sees this hesitation. And it is a bit of a hesitation on my part because although I love my sorority, I'm going to say this unapologetically, just because we are all members doesn't mean we all embody and or embrace the values and the principles that my great sisterhood was founded on. And I say that with no apology because the, the same is true in any organization, including a church. That's why we have church her. Because anybody can be saved, anybody can be a member, but everybody doesn't embody and embrace the principles. Everybody doesn't forgive, everybody doesn't love, everybody isn't long-suffering, everybody isn't patient, everybody isn't gracious. And so just because we're members of something doesn't necessarily mean we're in relationship. And we're connected. And so that's what Pastor Key sees. He sees me hesitate because I believe that you have to exercise wisdom as well as um, seek God for understanding when it comes to connecting and embracing with people. Do y'all believe that? I not only believe that, but I believe that we all should as well. Because here's the thing. True sisterhood, men. I'm not going to leave you out. Think of brotherhood. True sisterhood and brotherhood really is about community that's what it's about so what am i saying when i say i'm in community with you i'm saying that we're like family we're like blood i don't call nobody bro sis just casually what i'm saying is we're connected there's some kind of relationship that we have the bible calls it a kinsman okay that's why they said um kinsmen in the bible they shared common beliefs and they would teach don't marry outside of your race it had nothing to do with color It had nothing to do with where you were from. It had to do with, do you share the same beliefs and core values as this individual? Don't connect with someone outside of those shared beliefs and values. Amen? Here's my prayer for my children. I don't care if Soraya or Kaden marry anybody that's white, black, purple, blue, orange, lime, green, if they came from the Midwest or Middle East. My prayer for them is, Lord, let them connect and enter in relationship with people who share their common beliefs and, and hold common values. Do y'all believe that? You ever seen anyone connect who doesn't share those values? It's a hot mess. The Bible says, how can two walk together lest they agree? I think it's the worst thing you can do is be in a relationship with those who don't share your values and beliefs. So, yes, I'm sisterly, but I'm hesitant to see which of the sisters share my common beliefs and my common values as it relates to the sisterhood. Sometimes that takes time because you have to see not only what people say, but what they do. That's why when people come to me, oh, you believe in God? I'm a Christian, too. All right, that's fine. You can make the declaration with your mouth all you want to. But I want to see your deeds. (laughs) We laughing, but it's happened to us, right? It's happened to us. Here's the thing. Too often people make the claims, make claims that they don't truly live out. And that makes it, I believe, hard to live in community. People ask me, So your sisterhood, I hear about it. Is it that good? Yeah, it's that good, but it's people in it. When you live in community, that's hard because everybody doesn't embrace the community or the values as they should. The same is true in the church. We have to know how to live in community. And so today what I want to talk about is... How to live in community. I could talk about sisterhood. That's what Pastor Keys want me to talk about. But I believe at the core of sisterhood and brotherhood, it's really about community. God never designed for us to be alone. You know that, right? He never designed for us to be alone. There is a time for private space, but we were not designed for isolation. We were created for community. You were created for community. And in community, I believe that we find treasures that we never find by ourselves. You'll find something by being around people and being a part of a true community. You're going to get something out of it that you wouldn't get if you were by yourself. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want us to look at what can be gained when we are in true relationship with our sisters and our brothers. And so I'm going to use this story of Zalofahad's daughters, and I'm going to discuss the benefits of true community. So let's look at this. Let's dig into it. Let's look at verse two. It says, these women stood before Moses, Eliezer, the priest, the tribal leaders, and the entire community at the entrance of the tabernacle. Now, right off the bat, if you know anything about this story, if you heard it before, you can see the strength that lies in these daughters. Let me, let me just, we read it, but let me just say this real quick. These are five sisters who dad basically didn't have a son. And so Moses took a consensus at the time they took a consensus. They were giving out portions of land to who all it was, who all was due. Well, these girls didn't have a dad because he died in the wilderness and they also didn't have any brothers. And so they were going to be left out. And so they came together, they gathered together and said, we're going to go to Moses. We're going to go to the leaders. We're going to go to the priests. We're going to stand up in front of this entire community and we're going to make a claim. And so that's what we find them right here in this text. Everybody following me? I told you a couple weeks ago, I teach, okay? Come back next Sunday, Pastor Keith will preach. So what they are... He said he teach, he said he teach too. He does teach too. He'll, he'll come back and slam on the desk and jump. I could tell which one of y'all did good in school and which one of y'all didn't because y'all looking like, ooh, I'm getting tired already. Y'all hang in there, okay? It's a little Bible education. We don't want to talk about the book and say we follow it and don't know anything about the book. This is a good time. You need to be taught. You need to be learned. So anyway, what these girls are doing, it took boldness. It took boldness. Okay. Because just as I said, the consensus had been taken in numbers, chapter 26, just a chapter before. And there ended up being roughly 600,000 people. And in fact, this was only men who were, Moses said, count only the men who were 20 and above and who can, who would be prepared to fight in war. And that was six hundred thousand. So what does that mean? That didn't count the 18 and 19 year old males. That didn't count the women. It didn't count the children. It didn't count the sick. It didn't count the disabled. Six hundred thousand people. So roughly this entire community could, could have been easily a million people. OK, so when it says that these women made it to the front entrance, you're talking about Moses, the one who parted the sea, who God used to part to see who led these people out of this exodus. They, stand, they make their way in front of this large crowd and make this claim in front of Moses, the priest, and everyone. The first point I want to bring you to is it takes strength to do that. It takes strength to do that. There is a type of strength that is only birthed when true connection is formed we, yes, we can manage um, to do it by ourselves and we can accomplish good things. But when you are connected, these were five sisters, they made their way together. You can always do something greater. Did you hear that? There is a type of strength that is only birth and true connection. All of these sisters coming together in front of close to a million people and addressing these leaders directly and openly at the very front entrance of this community spoke volumes of their strength. You ever been out and about and you see a person holding a sign, like one man, just one person on the corner holding a sign. How many of y'all stop and talk to him by show of hands? One, Miss Alvarez, and I really believe that. I'm sorry. I don't always stop. I don't care what the signs say. I don't stop. But what what happens when you see an entire group of people parading? Any of you ever been a part of any protests, any parades? That draws attention, right? It draws a different type of attention. And so that's the point I'm trying to make. When we're isolated, I don't, you can hold up that sign and say, Jesus is Lord, and people will blow past you all day long. But if you have enough people that's blocking the roadway, making fuss, knocking on doors, there's a greater effect. Amen? And so what these girls are doing is they're coming together and they're showing us that when we operate in community, we possess a strength that we do not have alone. Now, I want to tell you this, this concept of being a community is not foreign. It's nothing new. God has been communicating this from the very beginning. Look at the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That's a community. That's a community. And not only has he demonstrated it in himself, but God has also demonstrated it from the very um, beginning of creation. Look at Genesis 2 and 18. It says, then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. Now, can you imagine how far the man would have gotten if he was left alone on the earth? (laughs) Women, if you've lived with a man, raise your hand. Can you imagine how far the man would have gotten if he was left on the earth by himself? (laughs) I'm not (laughs) going My brother said they would have got far. <laughs> now, let me tell you, <laughs> he didn't listen to my last message I did a couple weeks ago because I said women carry. So, your strength would have gotten far, you would have probably tamed the animals, then you would have died off and there wouldn't have been no seed in the earth because only a woman can carry the seed and keep it going. <laughs> I, said, I said it before somebody get my son. This is my sister said something. She said, having children is ghetto. He just just walked right in front of the sermon. They don't yet know the Lord. Um, So y'all be gracious. We're a community. Be gracious. Have y'all ever seen? um, Just real quick. I'm sorry. Have y'all ever seen him do that when Pastor Keith was preaching? All right. Just want to prove a point. Genesis 2 and 18 says, then God said it's not good that the man be alone. I said it before and I'll say it again. There is a type of strength that is only birthed when true connection is formed and we begin to operate in community. So what does that mean? Well, it means for us women, if I need to be, I need to be in a relationship with some genuine women who don't just talk about what they believe, but live what they believe. When we are in real relationships with others, we are empowered in ways we couldn't be if we weren't in relationship at all. Listen to this. We should never negate community because we're always stronger in relationship. Never, never do that. I hear people say often, I don't need nobody. I don't be fooled up with people. That's I'm country. So that's how it comes out. I don't fool up with people. Avoid people like that. You need community. You need community. This is what the writer says in Ecclesiastes conveying, um, what I'm saying here. He penned these words, He says, two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Listen, to do what these women did took strength. It doesn't say it in the text, but Pastor Keith, I believe this from one sister to another, reading another sister's story, that one sister came up with the idea to go and confront everybody. The other came up with the plan on how to carry it out. Another one encouraged him to do it. And I believe another one doubted and the other one encouraged her and pushed her and said, let's give it a try. It doesn't say it in the text, but I know how community works. There is strength in numbers. When I'm feeling discouraged, my community of women encourage me and it gives me a different strength that I can't always draw up individually. I know how community works. It doesn't say it in the text, but I'm pretty sure these sisters leaned on one another and pushed one another to do this. Remember what I said. At minimum, 600,000 people And these five women, women didn't even have status like that, made it to the front to talk to Moses, the leaders, the priests to go after what they believe that they deserve. That's the power of community. So we don't just see a group of women standing up and making a claim. No, what we have here is a perfect demonstration of how there is strength in connection and community and how that strength enables us to do the impossible. Y'all following me? So what do we have in community? What's the first thing? We have strength. Let's go to verses six and seven. And then the Lord replied to Moses, the claim of the daughters of Zelophehad is legitimate. You must give them a grain of land along with their father's relatives, assign them the property that would have been given to their father. Do you want to know the second thing? It's easy. It's on the screen. Success. When you're in community, not only do you get a different type of strength, but you get success. Success is one of the ways you can determine if you're connected to the right people. How successful are you? If this same little group we've been working on something we can't accomplish, now, I need a new group. How many of you been in product group projects in school? Oh, I'm the worst. I had to be delivered every time the teacher assigned a group project. I would flip out because I knew if you didn't get the right group, we're not gonna be successful. And to all of those who went to USF um, College of Business, I did bust on you. I tell the teacher this person is not doing what they need to do. Cause I wanted to be successful connection and community not only provides us with strength, but also with success. And these sisters coming together, birthed the strength in them that ultimately led to their success in the, in, 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 their claim. So remember what I said earlier from the very beginning, God has demonstrated he is for community. He himself, um, is, is not alone and he did not leave the man alone, which means he did not intend for us to operate alone. It doesn't surprise me that the Lord granted them their request. Moses took the request. The girl said, hey, my daddy died. We, we, we don't have no brothers. He didn't have any sons. We need this land. Give us this property. Moses said, okay, I'm going to take it to the Lord. And the Lord granted their request. And it doesn't surprise me because God is for relationship and community. Where there is community, there is God. Listen to this. Where there is community, there is God. Where there is God, there is success. Where there's community, there's God. Where there's God, there's success. I'm going to prove it to you in a minute in the text, but let me tell you something. Keith and I have been talking about this. Um, Let me tell you how bad we are at community Um, as a whole. I'm talking about entire human race. We have billionaires who own private islands, multiple private islands, multiple homes, multiple cars. And we have people on the planet that are dying because they don't have food something's off. When God created man, he created a helper. He himself represented community and we live so lavishly. Even many of us, we may not have private islands, but there's people dying who can't eat. We don't think about community. Shanette, I'm going to use you as an excuse. It just came to my mind. I saw your face. Shanette posted something online. It was kind of like a funny meme about because chanette um adopts children and she also fosters and has been for a time um she kind of alluded to the fact with this meme about how people will question oh you're going to get all those children and her response was well if you get some i don't have to get all of them but i love her because she's a good representation of community you know how many children are in foster care We're terrible at community. God is for community. Listen to some of this that's found in the Bible. Love your neighbor as yourself. Bear one another's burdens. Live in harmony with one another. Love each other as I have loved you. Spur one another the good works. Don't get in the habit of not meeting together in Christ. Though many form one body, each member belongs to all the others. God is for community. You can't. We cannot do this in isolation. Where there is community, there you will find God. And where you find God, you will find success. Look at this in Matthew eighteen twenty. This is Jesus talking. And he says this, I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything, you ask my father in heaven, we'll do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Where there is community, there is success only because there is communi- where there is community, there is God. Sounds like a tongue twister. Did y'all get it? I'm going to say it again, where there is community, there is success only because where there is community, there is God. He said, if two of you agree, that's community. He said, if two of you just come together and agree on a thing, not only am I going to be there, but I'm going to grant that request. Some of us need to stop praying by ourselves and tell somebody about something. I spoke that a few weeks ago in my lesson, but some of us need to tell somebody, hey, this is what I'm praying about. You pray for it too. There is not only a level of strength we miss out on, but also a level of success we miss out on when we fail to be in community. God honors connection, He honors community, and we see it here in the Daughters of Zalopahad story. Let's go to verse 8. All these kids in the sanctuary. Somebody prayed at the Children's Church open in January and give the following instructions to the people of Israel If a man dies and has no son then give his inheritance to his daughters Listen when we live in community as God intended many times we will experience not only strength and success but also a shift Now, I was a little nervous about making this the third point, because if you grew up in a Pentecostal church like I did, we spiritualize everything. God is going to be a shift. God is going to have a shift. No, no, no. Listen to what I'm saying. Let me unpack it. Not only do we experience strength and success, but we also experience a shift. Now, here's the thing. I believe that these women were ecstatic and already at peace with the success they had in securing the land. Moses came back. He said, God said, I can give it to you. But here's the thing. If you didn't miss, if you missed this in the script, is it still up there? Not only did God say yes to giving them their father's land, but then he goes on to say this. If a man dies and has no son, then give his inheritance to his daughters. This is major. The law is changing. The entire law changed. They just coming up to state their claim about what they feel like they owe. And God said, yeah, I'm going to give you that. Give them that. But also change it to now where if a man does die and doesn't have son, give it to his daughters. And if he don't have daughters, give it to his brother. This is major. When I connect and reside in genuine relationship with my sister, not only for, um, not only do I gain strength, but also success. And that possibly sets me up for a shift to take place. I told you earlier I'm a part of a sorority. Um, Listen to this. My sorority was founded by a small group of nine women who were one generation removed from slavery. Just nine women. I wish they were living today so I can see their faces. Those nine girls started something that has now turned into a global organization of 300,000 women. Nine little girls, one generation removed from slavery. 1908. And they're in college. That's major. Being in a community is always about the greater good and the bigger picture. You never know what kind of shift will take place when we live in community. And I believe we as Christians haven't created much of a shift in this world, not only because we have failed in the area of faith, service, or giving, but rather because we have failed in the area of community. We know how to give. We know how to build big churches. We know how to sacrifice our time. We know how to have faith and believe God, but we don't operate in community well. Being Christian doesn't mean I'm void of problems. Being Christian doesn't mean I'm guaranteed to be financially wealthy. It doesn't mean that I'm perfectly healthy, void of disease or illness. No, being Christian means I have chosen to believe that Jesus is Lord. I have chosen to receive salvation that has been freely offered, offered, and I have chosen to embrace a mindset that is contrary to the world. And part of that mindset is to live in community, to love my neighbor as myself. The world teaches us, do you. Just look out for you. And God says, no, do us. That's what he teaches, it's contrary. So being Christian says, I have to unpack what I've been taught. I grew up in a a, uh, family where people said, "Watch, watch women. Don't let no women in your house, women are messy. Yeah, the wrong women are messy. You have to find a true, genuine community. So I don't need to um, negate true and genuine relationships because we're designed to live in community. It's never really about us. All of this going to church and serving and giving, it's about so much more. Our individual spiritual growth, how much you don't gain, learn um, Bible verses and all of that, how your relationship is moving in God. That's just a piece of it. The bigger picture is always about what God desires to shift. And we forget that. Listen to what Jesus said concerning His prayer, um, His prayer concerning believers in the Book of John. He said, "I have given them the glory that you gave me." This is Him praying that they may be as one, as we are one, I and them, you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Here's what Jesus is saying. In other words, father, may they be in community as we are in community so that then the world would know that you sent me here and that you would love them as much as you have loved me. He's praying for unity, for community. If we truly lived in community as we have been encouraged to do, think about the shift that would take place in the world. Think about it. I don't mean no wrong when I say this. But the church can almost learn something from the homosexual community. Laws have changed. Can you get over the homosexual part? Laws have changed because of a group of people who came together and said, this is what I believe in. This is what we're fighting for. And they came in community and hats off to them because laws change. Christians shout every day and run around the church and not a single law has changed. In fact, it's like we're regressing. Prayer getting taken out of schools and all kind of stuff. What laws have Christians changed? The law of Israel was changed because a group of sisters came together in community. Can't do it alone. This is why I love, actually, um, we call it the building fund. But Keith talks about God's four for four plan. What he's trying to do with the church while we're raising additional money. It's not so Keith can just pastor a bigger church. It's not so we can just buy land and say, oh, we growing out of here. We hate this place. No, we're grateful for this location. Obviously, we can't stay here. But I love when I hear him talk about his vision because he says, I want something for the community. I need a park where kids can come to. Just because it's a bad neighborhood, I need a good daycare where kids can have good child care, uh, access to good child care services, where people can have good access to good social service. I love that he thinks um, about something bigger than himself because it's not about him and his little ministry and what God is doing in him. It's so much bigger than that. God, God desires to shift things, but shift only happens when we connect and operate together. Like with the daughters of Zelophehad, when we come together, God can not only grant us, success, grant us success, but he can shift some things to where those who come behind us will even benefit from our actions. I'm a part of a sisterhood because nine little black girls sat in a room and came up with a plan before I was even thought about, I was born in 1986. They did it in 1908. When we do what we need to do and we come together, there will be generations behind us that can benefit for us. The church is not for us. The church is for the ones running around right now. The better choice is always we over me. Y'all hear that? The better choice is always we over me. We were designed to live in community. When you hear people say they don't need anyone, I said this earlier, please avoid them. That's old, that's old. It's 2021, people gone. We done had hundreds of thousand people die from a pandemic. Let's just move from this form of thinking. We gotta grow. I'm not, I'm not connecting with anyone who says I don't do people. What you're telling me is you don't do community. And when you don't do community, there's no strength, there's no level of success, and there darn sure ain't no shift. I slowed down because I didn't want nobody to think I was cussing. I was not cussing. I want to make sure I (laughs) said that correctly. When we as women need a sisterhood, men, y'all need a brotherhood. You need that because you need someone who shares your common beliefs and your common values. We need to be connected with the community. I said that before. And here's the thing I want to say real quick before I conclude Community comes with crazy. Thank you, Chantel, for responding quickly. No, think about it. Community comes with crazy. When you're in community, that's aggravating. How many of you already got your parents' house? And there's nothing wrong with it. It's just community comes with crazy. Relationship, even it's two people. You can have two people in the house, and it's going to be crazy. It comes with that. It's messy. It's tiring. It's aggravating. It's even bad at times, but here's the thing. We're still better together. When God created Eve, he knew it was going to create some strife in certain areas, but he knew they also needed one another. We have to be in relationship. So don't negate that, okay? It's a quote, but it really is. It's a true quote. We really are better together. Just as these women showed us here, together we are stronger because there is strength in numbers. Together we are greater, have a greater level of success when we're together. And, on, and when we're together, we're on one accord. We can have the potential to ignite a shift. Now, you know, I saw something else in the text. Pastor Keith kind of challenged me with my conclusion. I was just going to end right there. But I started to look back at the text. text, Keith, and here's what I noticed. Based off what I see in the text... I like to think that the daughters of Zelopha had obtaining the land was, sec- was their secondary goal. I did, when you talked about the conclusion, I went back and I looked again. Is it up on the screen? Let's go to the next slide. Look what they say. Look at this question. Before they even ask for the land, look what they say. Why should the name of our father disappear from his clan just because he had no sons? I love this because they don't start off by talking about the material things. The land, the physical inheritance. But I think it's interesting that they pose this question about their father's name. They make their way to the and They don't just say, you know, we could be a little <laughs> ratchet sometimes, women, when we want something. But these girls come and they say, uh, we don't want our father's name to disappear. They were concerned about their father's name. And I think that was the bigger picture, their father's name. I believe that is also the bigger picture for us. You know that? Our heavenly father's name is glorified. It's honored and it's remembered when we come together in true community. That's the bigger picture. Why should I care about community? Why are you telling me there's strength in community? Why are you talking about success? Why are you talking about this shift? Well, because it's the bigger picture. Because how well we operate in community, remember what Jesus says? He says, then the world will know that you sent me. It's about his name. It's not about if you don't feel like being bothered with them. When you become a member of this church, Keith tries to disciple the ministers and the elders. We try to work towards pushing us from a worldly mindset and embracing a godly mindset. And it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. Some people in here are going to get on your nerves. That's not the point of coming in and having perfection. The point is to come in and live in community so that his name does not disappear. Look what they said. We don't want our father's name to disappear. Thank you, Mr. Jeff, for clapping. Thank you, the only one caught that. (laughs) So why was I created for community? Why do I need community? Why is Serena talking about the benefits of community? Because of our father's name. When we connect with sisters and brothers and we live genuinely in community, we honor and bring glory to the father's name. Let us stand. kept reading this verse this morning i was looking over the message and it just hit me i don't know about you but i love god and when these girls said we don't want our fathers why should his name disappear i'm like god help us live in community i know it's messy and it's hard but help us so that your name don't disappear in the land people aren't listening to christians they don't care about if you go to a church because we don't live in community They see how we treat one another. They see how we operate and say, oh, I go to this church or I'm this and that, but didn't live any kind of way. His name is disappearing. Community is always about something bigger. Yes, you can find strength in community. Yes, you can be successful in community. Yes, a shift can happen in community. But the ultimate goal is that the name of the Father is not void and that it disappears. Amen. Let us pray. Oh gracious God you are faithful you are so kind to us Oh so God we know based off of this teaching this morning that you created us for community and we thank you for the example that you're giving yourself that you live in community you are God the father there's headship you have the son who's came and said that I only do what the father tells me to do and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. You all live beautifully in community. We need your help, God. We need your help, God, because we're struggling. We're not living in community. And I ask God that if you can be gracious towards us here, just in this local body, that prayerfully maybe we'll create a shift in the city where others will begin to live in community. If you did it for the daughters of Zalofahad, we know you can do it for us. You said that where two or more are gathered in your name, there you will be so we know you are here. This is our prayer, God. Help us to live in community so that your name does not disappear. Help us to be patient and long-suffering and kind and gracious, forbearing. We need you, God. And we know that we don't pray amiss. We know that you hear us. And so, God, I look for us to live even more stronger in community. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.